you. Hello, everybody. Welcome out to PKP Podcast. Episode 78, Cruisin' for Losin'. And it's kind of a, a two-parter with our previous episode, where May wandered into town and found out about a contest and also met a delightful group of adult women fangirls <laughs> who gave her some confidence and helped convince her that, uh, you know, she and Bulbasaur are a good partnership, and so she decided to use it in the contest, despite Drew's um, antagonism and or reverse psychology. We're not actually sure what he's trying to do here. Um, and it was an episode that, like, surprised me and tickled me. Unfortunately, this episode is not going to be that, and I don't know if it's just because the previous episode kind of primed me to be in such a good state that when this episode kind of went in a different direction, uh, it, it just, the contrast hit me, or if, like, I'm going through something in my life that needs to be addressed, I don't know. But this episode, like, made me actively mad. Um, and it's, unfortunately, an episode where my audio, my microphone kind of crapped out on me while I was recording, so now I have to record it all again. And I'd kind of hoped that, like, Okay, well, we got our hot takes out of the system. You know, now we can be a bit calmer and rational about it. And maybe maybe we'll come to a different conclusion. And it's like, you know what? No, I think I'm madder about it. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I, I, I'll say before we get all into the mess, I, I don't hate the general idea of this episode, the concept of this episode. And I do think there is a way it can work. I... I do think, though, that there are some little tweaks or little things that the writers need to consider in order to make it work well in a way that doesn't piss me off. And <laughs> and for better or for worse, like, you know, not everything has to meet my specific standards. But we'll talk about, um, you know, all my improvements to the episode when we get to the end. For now, we'll just get into... The episode as presented. So like I said, this is Advanced Generation number 78, Cruisin' for a Losin'. Oh, and I mean, if it's, this is your first time and you haven't figured it out already, hi, this is a Pokemon podcast. <laughs> um, we go through every single episode in order-ish. Um, and right now we're in Advanced Generation. And it, normally I love that. Like, it is one of my favorite regions of all time. It's beautiful. It's crazy. It's wild. It is also a product of its time. So <laughs> there we are. So uh, the episode begins with this Rubello Town Rubello contest. And the rules of this contest are that you have to have a ribbon already to enter. Like a ribbon from a previous contest a Christmas ribbon, a hair ribbon, an OB tied like a ribbon. Like, that's how Jessie's interpreting these these criteria. Um, and she's not wrong. She does have a ribbon. But uh, the registration crew isn't having any of this. <laughs> you, you have to win it in a previous Pokemon contest. So they kick her out and kick the rest of Team Rocket out with her. And Jessie is clutching her very large and very homemade ribbon and screaming at the world like she does. That's why we love her. Um, but all our other characters got in. Ash, Brock, and Max are in the stands. They're ready to cheer on May. And um, a little girl named Sandra is here to cheer on her mother, Savannah, who we met at the last episode. 
Savannah is also supported by the rest of the MFP Mothers for Pokemon, who we also met in the last episode and who I love to pieces. And they showed up in force. Like, they have cheerleading outfits. They are having the time of their life supporting their friend. So Savannah is a bit nervous. She's won a contest before, but that doesn't mean the jitters and the insecurities and the imposter syndrome go away. Like, I feel ya, girl, totally. For some people, like, even if you love the thing and you're passionate about it and you've worked hard and prepared, for some of us, there's always going to be some element of nervousness and insecurity and, and not sureness, <laughs> and, and that's okay. Because clearly Savannah loves this enough to keep putting herself in these, um, these anxious type situations and, and she makes it through. So good for her. Um, May, who has also won a contest before, um, she's actually won two by this point, but like only two, she is uncharacteristically so relaxed, so confident, she's lounging, she's got this, she guesses she's not bothered because she's done it before. And I personally have rarely, if ever, been there, so gosh, is, is that what it's like to be neurotypical? <laughs> Anyway, I won't say her confidence is entirely unjustified. I mean, there is this whole philosophy around manifesting and fake it till you make it and, like, overcoming your anxieties. So, like, May has worked hard. We've seen her work hard, and she has already won two ribbons. Like, after all the time she has doubted herself to the point of ending every single sentence with kamosiremasen, like, I don't know, maybe, sorta, I guess... Like, we should be cheering the fact that this girl has some healthy self-respect. I myself am much more a proponent, for me, of getting myself to a place where it's like, this audition, this competition, this whatever thing where I have to put myself in front of the public for their judgment is not a big deal. Like, it is important in the fact that I'm taking it seriously and I'm going to give it 100%, but it's not something to be scared or nervous about. I, I'm aiming for the top, but if I fall short in the rankings, it does not define my soul kind of thing. Um, but unfortunately, the episode is presented in such a way uh, that I worry may, may only have half of what could otherwise be a very healthy mindset. Um, but as she tells Savannah, if you're nervous and freaking out, your Pokemon will notice. It'll affect them too, and you're the leader in this situation. She's learned this from experience. Drew is in the corner listening to this, and he's not on board with it. Like, you can tell he thinks May's gotten a bit of a haughty attitude, and he smirks a bit, letting the audience know that something is awry. And yes, breaking the wall here, I know that this is the plot. But at the same time, where is May wrong? She did learn that from experience. She absolutely did. And she's had this exact conversation with Ash, with Brock, with other characters. Ash has taught her this specific lesson, and she learned it through that experience. <laughs> it's a common thing brought up in this show, that if the trainer is freaking out and nervous, the Pokemon who is looking to them for guidance and support and partnership is going to have a rough time with that. Like anybody would. Like... What May said is 100% true, and why shouldn't she pass that information on to Savannah, who is currently displaying nervousness? <laughs> why? 
Why does May have to be nervous and insecure and doubting all the time? Why can't she be confident after learning a legitimately true fact and winning two contests and months of training and experience and everyone around her telling her to be more confident and believe in herself? Why can't she come out and say, yep, I'm confident, I worked hard, I deserve to be here, I've gained this confidence from experience and this is what I have learned, like... Okay, how dare a woman act like she deserves anything? So, I hope you see where I'm going with this. So, outside the arena, we catch up with a woman who very often does not deserve anything, and for whom overconfidence is always a plotline. Jessie, as we mentioned, has tried to fake her way into the contest, confident that she'd win despite not doing well at any contest she's ever attempted before. But as she's stomping away with her friends... A woman notices this ginormous fake contest ribbon Jessie's made and asks if she can purchase it. Because it won't get you into the contest, but it sure does look cute. Jessie is ecstatic and agrees, and I love that even though this is an honest transaction like let me pay you for your wares, she agrees as if it's something nefarious like let's make a deal. (laughs) In the contest, May and Beautiful Eye do really well in the first round. The MFP cheers her on, and May encourages Savannah in turn when it's her turn to take the stage. And Savannah is definitely a newbie. She's a little nervous and hesitant, like she she doesn't strike the best impression on entrance. But once she calls out Flareon, it is clear that the two have skills. And once she's in the swing of things, like Savannah's nerves melt away. She's in the zone. She loves this. And May's happy to see that from backstage, and so are the cheering squad. And I'm loving all these women being friends and supporting each other and being healthy rivals and, like, genuinely happy for each other to be doing well. Like, this is great. This is everything you want to see. Even so, um, even after such a good performance, Savannah still feels like she was a little rusty. She's got a long way to go. Very much playing into that, oh, I'm not that great, don't worry, I know my place, patriarchy, which... Normally, I would chalk up to just being a part of her personality, like, some of us are like that. We are shyer and more bashful, and also may have other things going on in our lives that might influence that need to downplay ourselves. But taken in the context of the rest of this episode, I have feelings. Anyway, May encourages her, like, you'll get there, experience. And and here is where May starts to go a bit wrong. She says... Once you get that second ribbon, winning is pretty easy. So, like, sure, now I'm okay with this plot of of May getting too full of herself. Because, really, up until this line, I was about to flip a table. Like, I have spent so much of my life being conditioned to be like Savannah as a woman. Like, don't be too confident. Don't be too proud. Always question how much of things you deserve. Always give other people credit for your own success and downplay your accomplishments. Like, be humble. Don't be too loud. Every woman knows this. We're trained by society to do it. And we're trained to hate each other when one of us dares to break out of it. When one of us is confident and the slightest bit, like, proactive or aggressive. It's really a problem that I I feel like society is only just now starting to recognize and kind of combat. But yeah, sure, this one line, once you get a second ribbon, winning is easy. Like, fine, that is not a true statement. 
and it is a little too cocky. It's also kind of out of nowhere, like even last episode, May was behaving exactly like Savannah. She gained a tiny bit of confidence in her and Bulbasaur's relationship, enough to use Bulbasaur in this contest, but it it's not to this level, and I hate the implication, however unintentional, and it probably is unintentional, that we gave a woman a little confidence and whoa, just look at her becoming a monster! Especially for May, because Ash has this plot all the time. But it makes sense, because overconfidence is one of his personality traits. He is the king of manifesting. He fakes it till he makes it, and sometimes he does not make it. He rides this roller coaster up and down. And sometimes he rides it so far up that the fall is horrendous. But it is not one of May's usual traits. It is a trait that people are usually trying to get May to have. And you know what? Even if she is being a bit overconfident, I support women's wrongs. May's allowed to screw up a little bit. She's not hurting anybody in this scene. In fact, she's being real nice to her competition and everybody. Maybe her hubris will cause her to lose focus and she'll lose this competition, but that's really all that's going to happen. And, like, we don't need to have Drew slurking in the corner. Slurking, lurking, sneaking, I don't know what he's doing. He's listening and snickering, but when he's asked about it, he's like, Oh, I don't have anything to say. Grow up. Because, Drew, last episode, you were the one that went up to May and Savannah and was like, I'm entering this contest, but it's kind of small time. Like, you were doing this exact thing except worse. You were also being hurtful. But, oh, May gets a little too confident with her legitimate past success, and it's like, oh, she's oh, she's gonna be the moral center of this episode. Anyway, Savannah is watching May and Drew kind of uh, bicker a bit, and, and she's just like, I walked into some young people drama, why am I here? Um, and Drew gives May one piece of advice. Stop focusing on what you've won and focus on the future. And he walks away. And I wish it all ended there. Because on the one hand, you're like, yes, Drew, that is good advice. I can see where this plot is going. But the plot doesn't end there. We got more things happening before May ultimately gets to the losing part in the cruising for a losing title. More importantly, why is this coming from Drew? Why do you get to be haughty all the time and hold experience over May's head like all the time and then criticize May when she does it? Like you have been a jerk in this specific exact way many a time, Drew, and May is not even being a jerk, but she gets laughed at and chastised by you. This one time she got a tiny stitch overconfident. Like it is good advice and I want to believe that you're starting to come from a good place. But screw you, Drew, and I'm, you know what, I'm not even putting it on Drew. Screw you, writers. Like, <laughs> this is not the most controversial thing Pokemon has ever done, but for some reason, like, like, this episode is actively hurting my feelings. It's personal, and I'm upset. <laughs> anyway, Drew takes the stage, and he's in top form. He and Rosalia are beautific and glorious, all of Drew's fans are happy to see it, especially the moms of the MFP. <laughs> they love Drew. And you gotta give him props. He is good at what he does. He's got great stage presence. His Pokemon are well-trained. He's always coming up with new and creative ways to use Rosalia's attacks. He's good. 
In the interim, um, Team Rocket's ribbon-selling business is going well, as in Jessie's taking the work seriously. She's being a bit of a perfectionist, but she's wanting to overcharge quality items here, not junk. Um, it's a bit much for James and Meowth, who are her overworked and underpaid minions in this little startup boutique, but... I mean, overall, I think this is a good direction for Jesse and, and all of Team Rocket. Like, with all their disguising, like we've said it before, they really should just open up a little couture clothing shop and not be evil. And, like, it might actually play to all their strengths. They could do fashion shows to advertise. Like, how is this not everything they've ever wanted? Anyway, making the next round of the competition is Drew, May, Savannah, and some dude named Sunny. Good for all four of them. May is now leaning a bit more heavily into her, yeah, oh, I wasn't too concerned about it. Um, but she's still being nice, and the first match in the semifinals is Savannah and May. It's okay, girlies, let's have a good, clean match. And obviously, they are both aiming for the top, so this would have to happen eventually, Savannah versus May, but y you would hope that they would be fighting for the number one and number two spots. So to have to go up against each other earlier is a bit of a bummer. It's the same, you know, that Ash and Richie in Indigo League, you know, if they had their ideal world, their fight would have been, you know, fighting for the title, not, you know, just one tiny round in the semifinals. But it's how it goes sometimes. May tells Savannah that no matter who you're facing, you have to give it everything you got, nothing less, even if it's a friend. And May's right. And Savannah's glad to hear it. She was a little worried that going all out might, you know, put some some stain on their new friendship here. She's glad to know May's on the same page. Unfortunately, May does start leaning into, I have a special talent for contest battles. I'll share my secret with you since you're a friend. She's laying it on a little thick, but you know, we all have that one friend sometimes, so. May's friends and Savannah's daughter, Sandra, come backstage to chat with the combatants. Um... And they're like, hey, May, are you sure you're the best one to give contest battle advice? And Ash is like, yeah, if you want battle advice, you should probably talk to me, Savannah. I mean, yeah, contest battles are a bit different than regular battles, but also I've seen May battle, so. And, and here it's like why this episode makes me so mad. Because yes, May is being the slightest bit overconfident, but she's also not being rude to anybody. Maybe a skosh full of herself, and maybe that could be grating on your friend. But again, we all have a friend who has done that at one point, and just and we just, you know, close our mouth and the phase passes. Like, she's not overconfident or full of herself enough that it's going to ruin a friendship. This will clear up on its own. <laughs> and the way her friends are presenting their argument here, it's like, yeah, May, how dare you, the contest battler, more experienced than the other contest battler, think you or either of you know anything about contest battling to share here. Yes, you should ask the non-contest battler for advice. Like, what the heck? This is the definition of mansplaining. And we wonder why May has such confidence issues? 
When every other episode, it's, you gotta believe in yourself, May. You gotta have more confidence. Oh, but don't actually be confident and capable. We just really like the idea that we, the men, are making you feel good about yourself. And the idea that you might be able to feel good about yourself independently of us and not need us is kind of threatening. Let's take you back down a peg. Ash is better than this. How dare you, writers? So yeah. I support May now telling Ash he's got a lot of nerve to butt in here because he does. And I really support Sandra telling her mom that she doesn't need to take advice from anyone. Just be yourself and do things the way you've always done. This is boosting for Savannah, and we get to talking about the Pokemon. May is planning to use Bulbasaur in the second round, as she stated last episode. Ash is excited. May, I got this cool idea for what you can do with Bulbasaur. And May interrupts him. She doesn't want to hear it. And again, I'm with May here. Because I get that the point of this scene is supposed to showcase that May's gotten so cocky and full of herself that she's not even listening to other people's advice. But you know what, Ash? This is not the time to be suggesting a new technique for someone else to try. This is the time for May to try the techniques she was training with Bulbasaur yesterday. The time to bring up your idea, Ash, was yesterday. Or tomorrow. Or even this morning. Like, literally any other time than two minutes before she walks on stage. Who would listen to you right now, Ash, overconfident or not? And this is 100% in the writing. Like, they are trying so hard to present a plot of May is overconfident and it leads to her downfall, but the examples they're using do not support the thesis, and so just end up making A, a kind of muddy plot where motivations, like, are a little nebulous and and not really well put together, and a whole lot of unconscious sexism as we fall into tropes of girls and women that the writers probably didn't even realize were ingrained into them and it makes me so mad but the episode needs May to hoist herself on her own petard so even though she's completely right um her shutting Ash down uh puts poor Bulbasaur ill at ease and it is a little aggressive but again Ash is being completely out of line and rude about like he doesn't think he is but He's absolutely undermining May and mansplaining like a... So it sends Drew chuckling in the corner like he can see where the plot is going. But he's also a little turd and he shrugs, which is honestly all you can do. All he has any right to do, because again, he does this all the time. And for some reason, all of this makes Brock irritated. Anyway, on the stage, uh, Drew and Sunny's match is actually first. The contest rules require you to use a different Pokemon than in the first round, so Drew uses Masquerain, while his opponent, Sunny, uses Girafferig. And um, as we remember last episode, Drew caught Masquerain um, very recently, specifically for contest battles. Um, So it is, like Bulbasaur, a very new partnership. But while it might be a new Pokemon, Drew has been working hard with it. And he did, last episode, outline his entire, like, plan for the future for Masquerain. Um, And they've come up with some brilliant ways to use Masquerain's attacks. They create a whole hailstorm of pinball disco light attack. It's very cool. It KOs Girafferig in the most beautiful way. 
so everyone's looking at Drew as the one to beat. But May and Savannah still have to have their battle. So Bulbasaur and Lairon take the stage. Here's the thing, though. Bulbasaur uh, has never done a contest before. It only just discovered human civilization like a day ago, so put it on a stage in front of a bunch of humans staring at it in a high-pressure situation, and it starts to freak out a little. It actually tries to run. And Brock gets a little self-righteous, like, I had a feeling this would happen. All May's anger at you, Ash, upset Bulbasaur, and so of course it's nervous. Which is like, yes, and that is unfortunate for Bulbasaur, but you don't need to be so personally offended by it, Brock. It's a thing for May and Bulbasaur to work out between themselves, a thing Ash and his Pokemon regularly work out between themselves, uh, a thing all of us living on this planet regularly have to work out with the people in our vicinity because our emotions bump into each other sometimes, and we have to learn to deal with that and sometimes it gets messy. It's a mistake May made, for sure, like to maybe get real worked up right before a competition and angry in front of her sensitive and new-to-the-job Pokémon, you know, two minutes before they go on stage. Like, that's... she can do better. But it's a mistake that's pretty understandable for a child to make, and it's relatively easy to come back from. Like, the competition will go how it goes, and maybe the results are disappointing, and May will talk with Bulbasaur and apologize and do some training together, and we'll all handle our feelings better next time. Like, why is Brock acting like May's committed a crime? And Max goes, I guess she only cares about her winning streak. Like, what conclusion are you jumping to, my boy? Because, writers, you did not, you did not establish that in the thesis. You have not built up this idea yet. Like, gosh, last episode it was Drew apparently reverse psychologying May into being confident about her choice to use Bulbasaur, and the next writer took the baton and ran completely opposite direction. Like, look at this rogue woman being drunk with power. When most of the time the justifications for that argument are completely on May's side. <laughs> like, the only thing she's actually done wrong is say two lines that were like a little iffy, but again, weren't mean or rude in any way, just annoying, like, <laughs> just wrong. <laughs> and then maybe let her temper get the better of her in a situation that honestly most of us would have gotten our temper off in because Ash was being a douchebag. Like they're acting like this is so obvious what and like so stereotypical and it's not. So May tries to figure out what's wrong with Bulbasaur. She tries being firm. She tries being gentle and asking what's going on. But in the middle of a contest is not the best time to have that heart-to-heart. -heart. So Bulbasaur trudges back to the stage and sort of resigns itself to seeing this through. May is a little irritated. Savannah's worried for both of them. But, you know, they are in a battle. So she has Lairon charge and poor Bulbasaur cowers. This is really sad. It takes a direct hit just... Boom. And you can tell that hurt. It, it's just too scared to really do much else. May and Bulbasaur do rally a little bit, like Bulbasaur uses Vine Whip on Lairon, and Lairon just lets it happen, which is never a good sign. My trainer instincts are telling me, oh, oh, oh no. Because yeah, Lairon knows Shockwave and uh, sends it out at Bulbasaur because they have physical contact now. Poor little thing. It gets shocked and gains paralysis. Max is surprised, like, 
Bulbasaur, a grass type? How could electric attacks have such effect? Like, Max, you hang out with Pikachu. It's not super effective. But, like, Pikachu has thunderbolted a Rhyhorn into oblivion. You're telling me a regular grass Pokemon is somehow immune? But it is pretty brilliant on Savannah's part. Like, go, girl, go. And she has Leron use Metal Claw, and that is it. Bulbasaur's down. May's not out of the fight yet, or, or so she thinks. Um, she jumps up and, and was like, I'm not done yet. And Nurse Joy jumps up to lecture her about not being a good trainer and the safety of your Pokemon being top priority. Bulbasaur's not able to battle. May's out of points. She's out. She should know that. May takes this pretty hard. And this is justified. Like, May should be scolded a bit for wanting to keep going when Bulbasaur is clearly hurt. I just think we escalated to this point really quickly when we were working on a slightly different thesis earlier in the episode. Like, they're now at May wants to win at all costs, when before it was like, May's so sure she's gonna win, she's not desperate at all, and so she doesn't see her hubris coming like a train. So, outside, May and her Bulbasaur have a chat, and they're on a bench, isolated from everybody. Bulbasaur has healed up now, and May apologizes and mentions that she feels ashamed. All good, like this is a conversation they need to have. And Ash comes over. Don't let me down, kid. So he points out that the final round is starting and asks if May wants to come inside and watch it with him. May isn't sure. Ash sits down on the bench next to her and Bulbasaur. You know, every trainer gets carried away sometimes. Like, really, I have this plot line all the time. It's part of being human. It's not a big deal. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I agree. It's a mistake, and an embarrassing mistake, but a common one, and easily fixable. And again, on this show, we support women's wrongs. So that's my boy, coming in for something redeemable at the 11th hour. He also tells May that she was right. The way she battles for contests and the way he battles for gyms are different. Thank you. Wish you had realized it earlier, Ash, but, you know, you got there. One thing, though, is always the same. Hopefully what he was trying to get at earlier in his terrible wording and timing is that the trainer and the Pokemon have to be united. That's what is the same, no matter what. Though, I will point out in last episode, May and Bulbasaur were very united, and that's why they wanted to enter the competition together. Um, but I will concede, like, this is where May started going off the rails, because up to the point where basically she and Bulbasaur started falling apart on stage, like, up to that point, I was mostly on board with her. It's, it's when she was on stage and starting to, like, lose it and, and maybe get a little snippy with Bulbasaur that, like, I really started to see her as the villain of this story. Um... And because that's another thing that Ash does all the time to send out Pokemon with zero experience to fight a gym battle. Um, he does that all the time and, and several times this region. But the thing is, by Hoenn, Ash is a more experienced trainer. So when he sends out Baby Trico or like Fanfy or whatever to fight a gym battle with barely any training, Ash knows what he's getting into. The Pokemon knows what it's getting into. Ash is ready to take that loss if he has to. Like, this is just for the learning experience. Um, I know you can do it, but I'm not pushing all, putting all this pressure on you to win. Like, he's very aware of what he's doing and how he's going to balance. Um, 
the battle and all that. Um, he's doing it as a trainer united with the goals he has for his Pokemon, what they have set together, which would have been absolutely fine for May to do with Bulbasaur if she wanted to just say to Bulbasaur, like, hey, um, you've never done this before. I know that. I didn't go out specifically looking for you for contests the way Drew did with Masquerain. There's no real way to prepare for stage fright except to just get out there and see what your reaction is. And I'm okay with that moment being now. I believe in you, but no pressure. Let's have this battle against our good friend Savannah and see what we see at this stage of our training. Like, there is nothing wrong with that. But that is not the mindset that May approached it with. And she did get a bit carried away at the thought of winning. Uh, being confident for once in your life, we're honestly not sure at this point because the episode tried to present both and they don't really work together. <laughs> anyway, Ash tells her not to worry. She'll remember it for next time. And when she does, she and her Pokemon will be going after victory with twice as much power. Because wanting to win isn't bad and being confident isn't bad. Sometimes we just let those things take our focus away from what's really important in a situation and things can go wrong. But again, common easily fixable. I'm very happy for what Ash said here, because he's right, and it saves the episode a bit. I am a little miffed that, again, believing in May and May believing in herself is only okay if other people initiate it, those other people being her male friends telling her to believe in herself or give her confidence or tell her what she did wrong. But, like, if she ever actually has confidence in herself, she's painted out to be a deluded wild woman. And after the entirety of the last episode was, like, women supporting women and giving May reason to think that she deserved to be proud of herself and just for herself, that she was equal to Drew, not just because Ash or Drew told her to. It's like, I, I want to go back in time and demand a rewrite. Like, let's reorganize this plot a little and maybe it'll be a little less, like, women can only succeed so long as they fit the image men have of them, which is constantly being grateful and attributing their success to others and never getting too ahead of themselves. Because inside the arena, the match is electric, and it's not just because of Leron. Drew and Savannah are both going at it hard, and they're both giving equal challenge. Drew is the winner in the end. Which is a bit of a bummer for Savannah, but she takes defeat well and praises Leron. Drew praises Savannah and shakes her hand after the battle's over, which I think might be the first time he's done that in public to anybody. <laughs> Usually he's a bit above that sort of thing. Look at you turning corners. And again, Savannah is forced to play into the good girl archetype, where she's allowed to be acknowledged as an equal if she plays humble and grateful. And aren't you sweet, Drew, giving attention to little old me, even though I am a grown woman and you are a ten-year-old? I'm, I'm a little salty this episode. Summon in the water. Anyway, Drew and Masquerade win the Rubello badge, and Masquerade looks so cute wearing his, its little ribbon like a bow tie. This is Drew's fourth ribbon. He's almost qualified for the Grand Festival. May, my girl, we got a ways to go. At dinner later, Savannah reveals that she's not bummed about not winning. Her first ribbon is precious to her. It reminds her of how great she and her Pokemon are, what a great team they are. And that's true even if she never wins another ribbon. She never wants to win so badly that it overshadows the feeling of her first ribbon. And that's... Nice. 
Like, truthfully, it is a great sentiment. It's just that presented with everything else in the episode and this poorly developed plot going on with May and the fact that these are both women and Savannah is playing the stereotypical acceptable good girl while May is the uppity unlivable girl and, and she got what was coming to her and now she's humbled again. It all just rubs me the wrong way. Because, like, again, how dare a woman want to win? and want to win badly, they should be content with their place. So I'd love to take a pass at this episode and just rewrite the whole thing so you can have that same plot of May, like, wanting to win, or being full of herself, or not being on the same page as Bulbasaur, and losing her perspective without having the echoes of this 1950s male view on feminine BS. Like, it, it, it again, that's a tough ask. In the early aughts, like, we're still struggling with this in 2024. But for some reason, this episode hurt me personally, and I love you, Pokemon, but I'm very mad at you right now. And I'll get over it. But I am mad, and I am allowed to be mad when things hurt me. Just like May is allowed to be mad when Ash tries to backseat drive her contest battle when he doesn't contest battle, and puts down her skills in front of other people, and bro, she goes on stage in a couple minutes, what are you doing? Meanwhile, Team Rocket's retail scheme did not go as planned, for some reason. Not a one person buys a ribbon. And that original woman who did purchase one actually comes by to return hers because it's too big. And Jesse worked so hard, I, f I feel kind of bad. Like, let somebody have a win in this episode, my gosh. Anyway, again, I do think this plot overall with May can work. I, I, there are a couple things, though, that, that if I were in the writer's room, I would pitch as things to consider or change. The first thing, I would ask that we hammer out what exactly is the thesis of this episode. Like, what is May's motivation? Is she really overconfident and, you know, thinks she's got this in the bag and then is not training or not focused and, you know, thus loses to Savannah, who is extremely prepared, and Drew, who went out with masquerade and was, like, extremely prepared? Or is May so desperate to win because she's won two badges and she wants to catch up to Drew's level or prove herself to her friends or whatever, and she's, like, so desperate that she's, like, getting irritated and she's, like, not focusing on, like, what is important and is maybe not having... Uh, a good time and enjoying the moment or, or you know is it's making causing her to make mistakes causing her to get angry at Bulbasaur we have to pick one of the two we only have 22 minutes in this episode and trying to do both makes things very muddy if we had like an entire movie maybe we could find a way to blend both of those into the thesis statement or bridge from like she starts out feeling um, overconfident, but then as she realizes, like, her mistakes and it's too late to, like, fix them in the middle of the competition, then she starts to spiral and get desperate. But we don't have an hour and a half. We have 22 minutes. We have to pick a lane. That would be my first suggestion. My second is we need to figure out what Drew is doing here, like, at all. Is he the antagonist? Is he the voice of reason? And I would honestly suggest like rewriting both this episode and the one that came before it and so that it's like a proper two-parter that connects 
so that the through lines established in the first episode go to the next, especially where it concerns Drew. Because him doing all these things in the first episode that he then criticizes May for in the second episode is bogus and it again just muddies the water it does not support the thesis statement and what i mean by that is um i had an english teacher who like like her goal in life was like to prepare us for the diploma exam where we had to write an essay so she drilled in like how to create the perfect thesis statement and if you did that you basically had your essay written all you had to do was provide examples for everything in your thesis statement but like your thesis statement is a sentence in the opening paragraph that says this is what my paper is about and then so that your middle paragraphs will be then examples that prove a examples that prove b examples that prove c and then your concluding paragraph is just summarize it all with the sentence and thus you see that x supported by a b and c equals conclusion y and if you can follow that like your argument is tight and perfect and your goal is to only choose um examples for a b and c that strongly support that argument and all the examples this episode provided to support its thesis statement of, like, overconfidence or being desperate to win, one of the two, can lead to your downfall, were all supported by things like May not listening to Ash, but who would listen to him at that moment. Like, that's a very weak argument. Or, you know, early in the episode with May just being confident. I learned this from experience. It's like, that's a terrible argument to prove that May's overconfident because she did learn that thing from experience. They picked a lot of really terrible examples. Um, and one of the big problems here is that if it were Ash that we were having this exact plot with, where he, he kept all of May's lines and, and, you know, May was in his original position, we wouldn't look at Ash and go... Oh, yeah, obviously. We'd, we'd question it. We'd be like, well, why is May telling him what to do? And like, well, he, he's not being mean. Why is everyone so uppity about this? Like, he's not being mean. He, he's kind of right. And it's the fact that it's May, the girl, that we all just kind of roll with it. And we're like, oh, yeah, obviously, she's completely full of herself. But I would question what role Drew plays in all that, because again, in the first episode, he was doing the exact same thing we criticized May for, like, you know, this competition's so small time. Um, he had that big scene where he, like, outlined how he caught Masquerade and why he caught Masquerade and, like, it's a new partnership, but he has, like, very specific goals and, like theoretically that could have led to something in this episode but they but they did not like present that super well in this um in the second episode like it seemed to be going well in the first when like may doubted herself a bit um and then you know drew put her down a bit for you know bulbasaur having a discipline problem and like you know bulbasaur's a new partnership should i use it in this contest i don't know and then she had that bid battle against team rocket where she's like you know what me and bulbasaur work really great together this is new but i'm going to use bulbasaur anyway and it was like all a positive thing and then we get to this second episode today and it's like we're not quite sure if that's a positive thing 
or not. And we're not quite sure where Drew sits on it. it like, and just, Drew makes everything very muddy because you're not sure if he's supporting May and like trying to, again, reverse psychology and he's just being a little turd or if he's actively like talking her down and then like being smug when she like self-destructs. Like, I would question if Drew needs to be here at all, but if we're going to keep him, we need to decide what his function is in this plot. My third suggestion is I would have Savannah win. That fixes half the problems in this episode. And, like, I honestly don't know why Savannah doesn't. Like, the only reason she doesn't is because they want to present her viewpoint at the end of, like, I'm not so obsessed with winning that, like, my first win loses its original value, which again is a nice sentiment by itself, but it's a very concerning sentiment with everything else. Cause she's basically with the rest of the episode together telling May, like, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't strive for winning. You need to be okay with your place. And it like it just it just hits weird with Drew winning. Let Savannah win. Let her prove herself on her own merits. Like, it it will easily highlight, like, what she's doing right and what May's doing, you know, quote, wrong. It, it presents a better dichotomy for, again, the point you're trying to make in this episode than Drew winning. But also, you can have that moment with Drew where he says, you know, I'm not so wrapped up in my past victories that I'm only, that I'm coasting or that they, they stop meaning anything to me because I'm chasing the next win like I have a very balanced and healthy perspective or something. I and honestly, I think that means more coming from Drew, who is extremely confident and has won many a ribbon to lose now and be a gracious loser. And for Savannah to be a gracious winner. I think it works better. I think if like those three things got considered um in the writer's room and we took a second pass at this episode, it would be fine. And I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> and anyway, I, like I said, I will get over this. Like, it just, I, I don't know if it just speaks to some things that I've been thinking about lately or, or what, but like, yeah, this episode just hurt my feelings <laughs> and, and I'm a little salty about it, which I, again, I am allowed to have feelings. I am allowed to be upset when <laughs> I see unconscious sexism going on, um, and maybe it's not as big a deal to some people. Like, certainly, Pokemon has had bigger faults than this, um, even on this topic. Um, and, and certainly other shows have had even worse than what is most likely extremely unconscious. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, it just really hurt me today. But luckily, next episode, we're, we're just going to have happy fun times. So um, you can tell me how I'm so, so, so wrong to have been hurt or offended by this episode if you really want to. I can, I'm not going to listen, but you can, you can try. Um, at peakappypodcast at gmail.com or comment anywhere where you get your fine podcasts. You can like and subscribe to Peak Happy Podcast on all the podcatchers. And until next time... Best wishes, and gotta catch them all.